Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at First, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. KFI AM640. You're listening to the John and Ken Show on demand on the iHeartRadio app. We're on the radio from 1 until 4, and then after 4 o'clock, go to your uh, friendly neighborhood iHeart app on your device and download John and Ken on demand, the podcasting. You can listen to whatever you missed today. You mean the neighborhood app has a friendly KFI version? <laughs> you called it the neighborhood app, isn't that what it's called? No, no, no. It's just, you know, with the familiar iHeartRadio app on your phone. It's only been around like so many years. You should all have it. What's wrong with you? Many people don't. Many people are slow. No, I had to explain how many people podcast or show now to somebody over the weekend just because, you know. Hey, what's the podcast? Things changed. Yeah. No, but, no they didn't a, say that. It's too hard. They you were know, a little older, but they did not I tried say it that. once, and I just seemed, I got confused. It seemed too hard. I like to listen live. Some people are that way. They, I don't know why, but I've heard that over the years. Oh, well, that's they, fine. It's just, just I, but be I, here then. I'm right? not putting up with any excuses uh, as to why you can't listen later. It's not acceptable. All right, there's a lot of things going on today. Show's packed. We'll have another candidate for L.A. County District Attorney. We had mentioned on Friday a poll was taken by ALADS, that's the Deputy Sheriffs of Los Angeles County, and it not good news for Gascon, and there's a lot of people running, like nine, I guess, nine opponents. Nine opponents. And one of them uh, was on the list. We mentioned her, and she immediately emailed and said she'd like to come on the show, and that's going to happen. Well, good, because uh, while they were... All uh, in single digits, and most people don't have a preference yet. Uh, she was at the top of the list. Fifty-two yeah, percent do not could not make a pick. Right? Yeah, because well, they don't know these people. But these, these are un, yeah, and the good news heroes. is it shows you they rejected Gascon. They should yeah. know who that is, yeah. right? Gascon's rejected. Now, who's going to replace him? Well, Maria Ramirez uh, is one of the possibilities. 
Right, then of course we'll get a report on that wild story about a pilot who was off-duty, who was in the cockpit of an Alaska Airlines Horizon Air flight, and uh, looks like he tried to take the plane down. Uh, it's a stunning story, and it really scares you because uh, it's bad enough we had to fight off the terrorists after 9-11, but now if we have wacky uh, pilots who get permission to be in the cockpit, he was in the jump seat. Well, pilots he- can, can get a free ride. On their oh, airline yeah. flights, yeah, and and as a courtesy. Well, that might change. Well, yeah, I think so. <laughs> or there may need to be a or, very careful screening done. What can you do? Or was this guy some Is kind it of, suicide? Was or, it uh, was it a spy, a plant? Somebody I, who infiltrated I, the system? I, one of our enemies here who has set I, this up? I finally saw a name. What's the I, name? Well, I can't give you the name because you, it's not in front of me. Oh, but complicated uh, well, name? Wait, wait, I may have it. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 not a complicated Oh, I got game. it here. Jo- Joseph David Emerson. That's it, because one of the journalists looked up who was booked at the time of this happening. You see, that's how they did it. So, right. So that's not confirmed, because that could be another guy that's not the pilot that tried okay. to get on the plane. But that 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 is a, a name of interest. <laughs> <laughs> I was uh, thinking, uh, well, we'll find out. This guy maybe was a terrorist. Who knows? Uh, it, it could be that way. He would have killed a lot of people, uh, and it would have been a suicide suicide uh, attack uh now our lead story boy uh remember last week we had the mayor of national city on the show and he was telling us that uh thanks to gavin newsom signing a brand new law ridiculously called safer streets for all act unbelievable (laughs) decriminalizing loitering with the intent to work as a prostitute well down in national city which is right there in san diego the mayor told us wow Big change. Cops can't work the way they normally do to crack down on prostitutes in the streets, so we're seeing a lot more of them. Well, the New York Post sent a reporter and a photographer to Los Angeles, and they found in a strip of Figueroa down to South L.A., like I think a 40-block area of Figueroa, holy mackerel, It is the a- law is having an effect there. And we've talked about the quality of life, broken window theory. See, this is what they're doing with a lot of the bills they're passing <laughs> In Sacramento it's and destroying the quality of life for ordinary people. And that is their intent. What would you do differently if you didn't want to destroy the quality of life in Los Angeles? What I, I mean, this this is this is like an open air flesh market that goes daytime on too. Daytime. You can drive by at 2 p.m. and see it, according to uh, several witnesses. And families drive by, see 10 girls on the corner with uh Condoms on the ground. Yeah. Now, South L.A. has has enough problems. Uh, why would Democratic representatives who represent these districts make a, make a, a legalized prostitution zone? Because Scott Weiner believes the transgenders were being bothered by the police. That apparently was the no, reason that, for it. That's a, that's a cover story. What, what, they what, were being harassed. What are they really trying to do? Why would they unleash this kind of uh, disgusting, predatory behavior? All these women are owned by pimps. All of them have to perform sex acts all day and night. And if they don't, they get beat up. And if they don't turn over the money, they get beat up. So there's a lot of violence against women. There's a lot of trafficking. There's a lot of young girls, underage girls involved. Yeah, there is that child sex trafficking okay. in the story, right? So that, that's Now, a- the cops can do something if it does appear to be an underage person. But normally what they do is they refer them to the child services after taking them to the yeah. station. And the source here says they show back up on the streets a few days later. Yeah, right. So that's nobody's doing anything about it. 
it, it's a free flesh market. You want uh, teenagers, subteens, girls in their 20s. It's all there for you. Now, why would you do that? You got to think, I, you know, I, we got to get a list of the, of the uh, uh, representatives who voted for this. And I bet you every representative who, uh, who uh, lives in this district, has constituents in these districts, voted for this thing. And I bet you most of the people in these districts don't vote and don't even know what happened. Uh, it's very possible. Yeah. I don't think that this bill was not covered at all. I no. mean, I think some listeners sent it to us and I started to look at it. And then I saw the story about the national city mayor. But this was passed last summer and signed. Uh, well, it was signed by Newsom. And it took effect in January of this year. So, so Gavin Newsom is running around pretending he's a mini president. In the meantime, he leaves this bill behind, which has absolutely destroyed this neighborhood. 40 blocks of prostitutes? Four, and day 40. and night. Uh, it says here that uh, sometimes the traffic is so bad because the guys are shopping, so they clog up the streets. Uh, the alleys are full of uh, <clears throat> sex acts. Sex acts, condoms on the ground, and, of course, some guys don't want to pay, so there were six rapes last month in the area. 51 in the year so far. Right. 95% of the women have pimps who are tied to the street gangs. So it's uh, like the Bloods and the Crips own these women. And uh, they're Did the ones. Did you see who... the reporter and the photographer left? They didn't feel safe as nighttime came. They yeah. didn't. It started to get a little crazy there, so they sure. pulled out. They left a video and a whole bunch of pictures, which you talk about skimpy outfits. These women, who I would describe as having curvy bodies, some of them rather large, yes. uh, but wearing a lot of G-strings, standing in the middle of the street. I mean, this it's like we're going back to I don't know, the 70s again, right? 70s and 80s? Well, that's when they didn't enforce laws back then. Yeah, it's starting to look like Times Square from uh, well, yeah. 30 years ago, 40 it's, years ago. So now, what kind of guys are you attracting to this area here? Uh, well, not, uh, they, right. Apparently the sex is as low as what? $20, I think. Uh, as little as $40, and they're selling their bodies for $160 or less at a time, it says in the story. Some can make up to 1000 So now because they have regular clients who uh, really want to take care of them. Yeah, uh, it, it, it's gang territory, various factions of the Bloods and Crips control And those the are the pimps, apparently, right? Yeah. The gangs are the pimps. They get, the, they get their share of this. It, at Figueroa and 96th, stretching to 98th Street, traffic backed up into a residential area because the Johns and the cars were shopping. And the women would uh, walk up to talk to them. And this is courtesy of Gavin Newsom and Scott Weiner. The this Post says a total of 51 rapes in the area have been reported so far this year. And that's reported? I mean, how many people who work as prostitutes are actually going to report they, the rape? They don't report the rapes for the most part. It's rare. No, we, we've got we've got a, like a public raping square now, thanks to Gavin Newsom and Scott Weiner. God, are they destructive? And they're, you know what? They're perverts. They're sick perverts, is what they are. The I mean, the and is enough ever enough with these guys? I don't know what what Newsom and and Weiner are into, but boy, if you judge people by the bills they promote, how come some of the people that live in the neighborhood aren't raising holy hell with the city council or anybody here? It's like, you know, the Post just went there because they probably got a good tip. They spent the day there, and you should see the pictures and video they <sighs> I got. I don't know. This is a story. It's not made up. It's not exaggerated. I, when you see these women and what, what little outfits they have on, it's unbelievable. 
I, I, I don't, I don't understand what's going on here. And and, and again, you it's know, probably you know, an area where people are just not involved, so to speak, right? Politically or neighbor wise, or you and know, you notice Karen Bass doesn't say anything. Whose district is this, by the way? What council? Oh, that's a good question. I don't know. Yeah, I'll look I, it up during the. I'll look it up during the break. Yeah, it's South LA. I bet you it's one of our favorites. Uh, it it might be. Mike. All right, uh, we have uh, more coming up. Johnny Ken KFI AM six forty live everywhere. iHeart Radio app. You're listening to John and Ken on demand from KFI AM six forty. All right, uh, news this afternoon. Of course, you've been hearing Hamas has uh, supposedly released two more hostages following negotiations with uh, Qatar and Egypt. Do uh, you see Nikki Haley, who's running for president? She was saying, don't trust that country, Qatar. Don't trust no. them. Yeah, she was making a big deal out of that. They're to, putting, don't let them be the middleman here because they want something. In, Hamas is living in a Four Seasons resort in Doha. Oh. In, in Qatar. They're housing all the Hamas leadership there. And, of course, Iran is just a few miles away. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, they're trapped by their geography between Iran and uh, so I guess maybe Hamas's leadership has been placed in Qatar or Qatar and they have to put up with it. I don't know what the story is, but she's right. You don't trust them. That's why why Qatar is involved in holding the Iranian money that Biden was going to release, the six billion. Right. They're also involved in that, too. they're, They're playing both sides or they're forced to play both sides. Yeah, and she was just saying, and I, you know, I didn't look into it in depth, but she was saying, uh, "Don't trust that country. Uh, there's, it's no, not good. It's, uh, uh, it's just a ploy to try to uh, put off the invasion. They have, they have two hundred and twenty hostages. So are they going to release two at a time, once a week, and we're going to sit around and uh, wait for years, wait for four years, <laughs> and then they'll grab another two hundred? Um. Well, also what happened over the weekend was uh, a pretty conclusive report that uh, that hospital in Gaza was not bombed by Israel. In fact, the New York Times has admitted now it relied too heavily on claims by Hamas in its reportings of the explosion at the Gaza hospital. The initial Times report claimed 500 people were killed. Now we understand it could be significantly less than that. Oh, the whole story was was just was just trumped up BS. The Times' initial resp- uh, answer was that they were going by the only information that they had. No, you see, that's not the standard, though. That's the standard if you're running a high school paper, uh, uh, you're, you're in ninth grade, and you could try to use that standard, right? Because you don't know any better. The standard at the New York freaking Times is you 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 have a terrorist group. That has just killed a thousand people. And a bomb hits one of their hospitals and they say, oh, it's the Israelis did it and it's 500 deaths. Oh, time out here. You're going to trust the statements from Hamas. Just a few days after they committed this horrific massacre. If you're an intelligent journalist, you don't do that. You instinctively know that this may be propaganda, a lie, a way to divert attention. And what happened as soon as the New York Times published that lie? As soon as they published it, huge protests against American and Israeli embassies all over the place, especially in the Middle East. And all the major Arab nations that were going to meet Joe Biden for some kind of uh, talks or negotiations, they pulled out of the meeting. So that story flipped upside down the trajectory yeah. uh, of this event. 
And I, I read this thing because they put it on the front page of their website. And editors note Gaza hospital coverage. What it should have been is like, we effed up. And well, they're still apparently not confirming that it was uh, not Israel that struck the hospital, but they're just saying, well, since Israel wouldn't comment, uh, we took what we had, which was Hamas saying it was an Israeli rocket. And, eh, I don't think no, you, you know do what? it that way. You know what? A lot of these journalists, again, they come out of the Ivy League universities and they've been completely brainwashed into looking at Israel as a white colonial power. All these uh, young uh, Ivy League educated students who think America and, America and Europe are just full of racist colonialists, they have thrown Israel into that bucket as well. And so that's what they believe. And yeah, well, like they believe I, we took the land from the Native Americans, they took the land from the Palestinians. Right. right, but that's great, but you're not a journalist. You're supposed to report facts. You can believe whatever you want at your cocktail parties or over dinner. You can protest, you can write whatever you want in an opinion piece, but you're presenting front page wartime news and you print the biggest lie imaginable from the terrorists who just savagely brutalized thousands of people. I mean, there should there should be a prison for that kind of propaganda. Hitler would would have hired these people. I mean, that was that was just brilliant. And you know what? They want it to be true, too, because they want Israel destroyed. These journalists, these quote unquote journalists, they want them destroyed. They want the Palestinians to prevail. So, of course, they're going to they're going to slant the news and, and, and endorse propaganda. These aren't no. these aren't neutral observers there at the New York Times. The Wall Street Journal also put out a huge story. They did a comprehensive look at this too. Uh, video analysis shows the Gaza hospital was hit by a failed rocket meant for Israel. Well, they were far more conclusive than today's New York Times slight retraction in well, the analysis. They used security cameras, live feeds inside Israel and Gaza. Yeah. And they said it's it's pretty clear. It's on the Al Jazeera video, the direction that the rocket is coming from. It's right. coming from southern Gaza. Right. I don't think Israel has any... Uh, they have no capability of doing that, right? And Israel has real rockets. Hamas has homemade rockets made in their basement. You know, they, they, use, they use their own water pipes for this. I mean, you put, put together your own homemade uh, explosive rocket. Launch it. Well, you tell me Iran is giving them stuff, though, right? Is Iran giving them uh, Iran is good giving munitions? Him, Iran is giving them stuff, but these, these, there's, there's a lot of locally made uh, weaponry. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. When we come back, we'll continue with the story. Gavin Newsom manages to find a way to keep himself in the news, even though he's in China and Hong Kong now on a boring climate trip. But he was in Israel on Friday. And he had something further to say about that visit that got some attention in the news today. And it's getting attention in other places as uh, reports and details of the attack by Hamas over two weeks ago continue to come out. John and Ken, KFI AM640. We're live everywhere. iHeartRadio app. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. Do you love Selena? Like, really love 
Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's reality podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to John and Ken On Demand from KFI AM 640. On the radio, one, two, four, after four o'clock, John and Ken On Demand, the podcast, and you could listen to what you missed. Coming up after two o'clock, of course, the horror last week when four Pepperdine seniors were struck by a driver in Malibu on Pacific Coast Highway. Uh, They're being remembered today. Well, it has led people who live in this area to say it is time we finally do something about this dangerous road, Pacific Coast Highway. There apparently is a Malibu City Council meeting tonight. Ahead of that, our guest next hour will be Chris Wisner. He's founder of a marketing agency, but he's one of the people that's going to go to that meeting to demand action. And we'll find out what he thinks can be done to stop uh, all this, many accidents along that stretch, deaths. And this one, uh, you know, the old line is, if you if you have a death, then maybe we'll put in a stop sign or a stoplight. But to have four young women wiped out on a Tuesday night by a speeding driver, this time people are like, I don't think they're going to put up with this being put off. I think the people that live there that know how dangerous it is are finally going to demand something be done. I don't know what that is. I don't know whether it's bumps or signs or... The standoff is uh, that uh, the California Department of Transportation uh, uh, has jurisdiction over the road, not the local Malibu police. 
or the Malibu right, city. But the city council can pressure they the can, state. They can pressure, but they have been pressuring them for years. And uh, Caltrans, their, their view is we want to keep traffic moving. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's the beginning and end of their policy. And people statement. dying? Yeah. Yeah, right. No, we've got to keep traffic moving. That's the only thing they're interested in. Well, there can be something done about the speeding part, but you're right. You're right. Traffic moves faster when people speed. I guess you could look at it that way, right? Yeah. You know, if you slow people down, traffic you, may not move as look, much. You also have so many wealthy people with wealthy kids who have expensive cars and they're spoiled and indulged, and they, they use that as their racetrack. You know, Malibu has a pretty high per capita collection of, you know, wealthy kids. Well, round them up riding. and throw them in jail. Is I what know. I, say. I mean, that's enough. A, that's uh, that's a unique killing area. people. I mean, that's what that's what this kid was. This was a spoiled rich kid who had Do, his parents. Do we have BMW. an explanation yet? He just felt like driving fast. I guess so. No. I don't know. Nobody's talking. You know what's interesting? I've seen no news coverage on the on the four girls, their their families, their backgrounds. Oh no, no, you uh, well, you didn't read the El Segundo Times. There was an in depth story on each girl yesterday. I just you didn't pick up on it. Well, wait, I could wait, go through it for you if you no, want, but no, they did I, several paragraphs on each girl, where they came from, what they were studying. There was a lot. Was that the one with all the Instagram uh, quotes? No, I don't oh, think so. Oh, because because I read one in the Times, and they just lifted what their friends had written on Instagram about them. No, the one I read was a little background by the reporter on each girl and where she came from, what she was studying. Maybe there was a couple of quotes in there, but I, I, I uh, I'll go look. I'll go, I'll go look at that because it's uh, that. I don't think the... they've been forgotten. I've seen a lot of coverage, and now they're having a big memorial today. I, I think that uh, there's a lot, to... and every story I read at least names them right there in the beginning. So uh, I, I don't think they're forgotten that quickly. But anyway. Uh, yeah, their names were uh, Nyema Ralston, Peyton Stewart, uh, Asha Weir, and Deslin Williams. And they were sisters in the Alpha Phi uh, sorority at the school. So, uh, all right. So we'll talk about this with our guest, Chris Wisner. Who, uh, and, John, you can certainly tell him what you just said, that it's uh, rich kids speeding. And uh, that's what the rich population there lets their kids do. Uh, we're going to turn now to Governor Dippity Doo, who is out of the country. That means that weird woman who's lieutenant governor is running things. What's her name? Eleni Kukulonakis? Uh, Kukulonakis? She's already running for governor in, in 26. In yeah. Two days off, but. You can, uh, yeah, you can hear the uh, groundswell support for that. <laughs> I, 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 I sometimes wonder, I realize it's not a big deal to be lieutenant governor, but she got that job pretty easily. There was like no challenge. I guess she had some money to run but her well, campaign. Who, you know what? Who would, look at the types of people who ran for it in the past. But she's another crazy progressive from what I've read. So. Oh, yeah. Well, they all are. It's yeah. all the same club. It's not getting away from All right, this, right? Gavin Newsom and, and Gray Davis. Well, there's two towering intellects, huh? <laughs> if you're a smart person, you don't run to be lieutenant governor. That's, that's one of these way stations where you could sit for eight years and do nothing, and no one will criticize you for it. You yeah. can't say, hey, you're not, you know, you're just sitting around. Hey, well, I'm lieutenant governor. What do you want? I don't have any power. Remember the old days when Jerry Brown had a lieutenant governor? I think it was Mike Curb. I think he was in the music industry. He was. But I think when Brown left the state, he took some action because I think he was the opposing party or something. Yes, or? he was. He was a Republican. <laughs> Brown was a Democrat. This is back in the 70s. And so yeah. Brown would leave and, I don't know, Mike Curb would declare war in Nevada. I think <laughs> yeah, he did. I forget what he was. <laughs> he went into action. It was an Arizona invasion one time. Well, Newsom is in Hong Kong on his way to China about climate talks, but that's uh, eye glazing. I'm <laughs> yeah, sure there's reporters in tow, but I don't think the stories. But, you know, he's making news again 
today because he says when he was in Israel, he did see a video of a beheading. And he met with a young woman who survived the attack because she was buried under bodies. He spent 10 hours in Israel. And he says the Israeli government showed him a video in which militants poked a person's face to see if they were alive and then beheaded them. And saying it puts this in a different light. Yeah, no kidding. There was a, there was you, you didn't believe the reports. Is that what you're saying? I, seeing it for myself oh, now, I know. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? I mean, uh, you know, he he's never said anything about international uh, issues, but who, who knows? Maybe he was he's one of these people who think Israel is the oppressor, and the Palestinians are the oppressed. Yeah, I mean, he's only publicly ex expressed support for Israel, as far as I know. So I don't know that he, he belongs in that column with what we're seeing uh, from some crazy politicians around the country. We also have this uh, audio, which we're being told is graphic. Uh, so, no warning. Uh, from Fox News reporter Trey Yinkst. Oh, God. I, uh, yeah, this... Yeah, we'll pl play the audio. It's self-evident. Well, it's first a, hold on, hold on. I have to explain who he's talking to. It's an Israeli first responder who is giving him some information. Okay. As a first responder to this, what was done to these people of southern Israel? Well, I don't want to get people scared from, the, from what I'm saying, but uh, I saw uh, beheaded bodies, I saw body parts. Uh, there is one, one of my friends who was in Farazan. He told me that he found in one house um, a husband and wife and two children. They killed the husband first. They took his eyes out. I saw the body by myself. They took the eyes out and they cut the breast of the woman and they, sh they cut the leg of the, ch of the girl. That's the family that I saw with my own eyes. Moshe, thank you for providing these details. It's so important that people remember what happened here the atrocities and, and the massacre that took place in southern Israel. You're hearing from a first-hand source, not from reports or, or from what people say. This is what took place here, guys, and it, it just gives you a small piece of the massacre that took place on October 7th. Now, what I really picked up there, the reporter is really knocked off his heels, isn't he? Did you notice yeah. how he paused? And yeah. he, seemed, he wasn't sure because that was, was graphic and... Trey Yinks was kind of like uh, 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 shocked. Trey, Trey Yinks has covered wars for a long time. He's been in Ukraine for the last uh, two years frequently, and now he's in Israel. So he has seen and heard a lot of stuff. And that wasn't even a firsthand video. There is 43 minutes of raw video footage that the Israeli Defense Force showed some reporters today. And I heard another Fox reporter, his name is Mike, and I can't remember his last name off the top of my head. And I heard him give this report three times, just by chance. Every time I turned on the radio, he happened. I guess they were probably running the report every hour. And he saw the video with his own eyes, uh, a different video. And he was, first time he delivered it, he was really shook up. I mean, and it's not something that they even wanted to describe on the air. That's what was so chilling. It's like, I can't even That's what explain. I felt like. He, I felt like he was just, it was awkward because he was like, oh, should we have really aired this without well, maybe a delay? And, or And see, that's the thing. Hamas was so sadistically vicious and savage. It is stuff that nobody has ever seen or heard or even imagined could be possible. But if you don't show it and talk about it, then people aren't going to understand why uh, 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 an overwhelming response is necessary here. 
Uh, I mean, the Atlantic magazine, one of their reporters got to see this video as well. His name is Graham Wood. And I, I can read what he wrote here. And he um, he said um, there, were, there was a Thai man that was shot in the gut by a group of Hamas. There's 30,000 Thais living in Israel. They're farm workers. Give me a knife, one terrorist shouts. Instead, he finds a garden hoe, and he swings it at the man's throat, taking thwack after thwack. He was trying to behead the guy with a garden hoe. Ugh. The audience gasped, Wood wrote. I heard, someone have, I heard someone heave a little at another scene. This one showing a father and his young sons surprised in their pajamas. A terrorist throws a grenade into their hiding place and the father is killed. The boys are covered in blood and one appears to have lost an eye. They go to the kitchen and cry for their mother. One of the boys howls, why am I alive? Daddy, daddy. One of them says, I think we're going to die. The terrorist who killed their father comes in and while the boys are crying, he raids their fridge. Water, water, he said. Nobody knows if the boys survived. These, these savages wore GoPro cameras on their helmets. And eventually, I guess, they were killed or captured, and the Israelis got the video here. And there was even more that was gone through. I mean, just every imaginable, every imaginable atrocity you could commit to a human body. And and you did it in front of family members, parents killed in front of their kids, kids killed in front of their parents. Yeah, and, this and then, was a revved up really wild Hamas raid, yeah. And then there's a story of one of the Hamas soldiers who killed 10 people, took one of the victim's phones, and called his mom and dad. Somehow they maybe he recorded it on FaceTime, I'm not sure. But they have him bragging to the parents uh, about all the people he killed. Yeah, we learned last week they took over some of the social media accounts of right. the victims. That's why one of my friends, his wife's cousin, was killed at the music festival. They thought he was missing this whole time because they traced his phone back to Gaza. So they must have stolen his phone and taken it back to Gaza. Here, here's the story about this guy. He tells his father back in Gaza that he's calling from a Jewish woman's phone. He tells his father... I am now a hero. Your son is now a hero. I killed 10 Jews with my own hands. He tells his family about a dozen times they should open WhatsApp on the phone because he sent photographs to prove what he has done. Put on mom. Your son is a hero. And Graham Wood writes, his parents, I noticed, are not nearly as enthusiastic as he is. I believe that the mom says praise be to God at one point, which could be gratitude for her son's crimes or a pure reflex. Uh, they do not question what their son has done. They do not scold him. They tell him to come back to Gaza. They fear for his safety. And uh, there were rounds of Allahu Akbar. And he intends victory or martyrdom. All right. We got more coming up. Johnny Ken, KFI AM 640, live everywhere, iHeartRadio app. You're listening to John and Ken On Demand from KFI AM 640. We'll be talking about the dangerous section of Pacific Coast Highway in Malibu. Uh, four young women, students at Pepperdine, died last week when a young guy driving way too fast in his BMW mowed them down after hitting parked cars as well. We'll talk to a resident who wants them to do something in Malibu about that dangerous stretch. Also, uh, September 30th 
was the end of the federal fiscal year. Well, that may not impress you, but what will shock you, we've got the latest, the border numbers. It was the most overrun year border in the history of U.S. record keeping, thanks to Joe Biden. We'll give you these figures. The Wall Street Journal broke it out. And the breaking news today, for the first time ever, ever, the number of the migrants who were intercepted at the border were led by the Venezuelans. That's who's coming here and bigger, bigger. That country's going to empty out, I guess. Yeah, it's not even a Mexican issue as much anymore. As it no, is and that's, it hasn't been for a few years. It was Central Americans for a while. But now, and, and mixed in there were some Brazilians, but now apparently it's Venezuelans. Although I always remember uh, from reports we've gotten on the air that sometimes it's not people from Venezuela. It's Venezuelans who've been living in other countries in South America yeah. who said, you know what? The U.S. is a better deal than living in Brazil. I'm going there because they're, they're getting in. Yeah, so. they, left, they left some years ago and had an okay life. But uh, everybody wants to upgrade. And as yeah, long Todd as, uh, Benzman told us that a couple yes. of times. He does great reports at the border. And he said that is a lot of the Venezuelans so coming here. They're coming from other South American countries. They're, they're not seeking asylum. Asylum is supposed to be if you're being uh, persecuted uh, by the government for your religion or your uh, ethnicity or race. Right. Uh, your, your tribe is being eradicated. That's asylum. It's not because you're in a bad neighborhood and there's a lot of crime. And it's not because you're but, poor. And here you have people who live in decent countries and are not poor. And they're claiming asylum. But Venezuela has a, like a communist government that's really heavy handed, doesn't it? Um, yeah. A formerly a, 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 a really a prosperous country because they're sitting on a ton of oil. And then uh, some years ago, Hugo, Hugo Chavez took over. And then his successor, Maduro, and they've turned it into like full blown communism. And so the oh they've had massive inflation too. So people are turned poor, went from rich to poor very quickly. All right. And also we're gonna get a report from Alex Stone, ABC News, that crazy story about an off duty pilot who got to sit in the cockpit in the jump seat and apparently wanted to take the plane down. Pretty much shut the engines off midair at cruising altitude. <laughs> All right, all that's coming up, huge 2 o'clock hour. Uh, this is California Today, and this is weird because it involves a, a man and his daughter who have been arrested for fatally stabbing another man over his watch. But listen carefully to the story from Fox 11 reporter Chelsea Edwards because what do you know? He recently got out of state prison. Here we go. Friends say Robert Tomachio was full of life and warmth. Neighbors tell us the 46-year-old was building his dream home near the beach on 33rd Street in Newport, just steps from where he was brutally attacked and killed on September 30th. Authorities say he was in this Newport Beach alleyway after a night out when 55-year-old Randolph Aguirre and his 30-year-old daughter Desiree allegedly stopped their pickup truck to rob him. According to the Orange County District Attorney's Office, Randolph stabbed and kicked Tamachio before the father-daughter duo took off with his Rolex and shoes. Tamachio died from his injuries. Dad and daughter were arrested in Brea earlier this month. Records show that Randolph Aguirre has a long criminal rap sheet and had been released from state prison seven weeks before the murder after serving three years and eight months for an assault case. Authorities say he's a three-striker, which usually carries a minimum term of 25 years. Now, he could face the death penalty. And again, today, Randolph was officially charged with murder, robbery, and enhancements. Now, back at the time of this attack, his daughter was out on bail for a separate robbery that happened back in August. She is now facing 
felony second degree robbery charges. How nice. Father and daughter, both robbing from people. Wow. This story has a lot to unpack, but listen to that part where he served three years and eight months for a separate case on assault charges, making him a three striker, meaning he could face a minimum sentence of 25 years in prison. It sounds like me like he was under prosecuted and under under imprisoned for quite a while here in his long <laughs> criminal career. Under imprisoned. Under imprisoned. That's a good one. Yeah, everything's put in those terms today, right? Uh, food insecure, well, under imprisoned. But that's what these policies will produce. Seven weeks later, he murders somebody. Over a Rolex watch. Yeah. He's driving around with his daughter at 1.30 in the morning. I guess they spotted this poor man with a nice watch and decided to steal it. And I don't know whether or not the victim uh, resisted, but uh, they stabbed him. And he died. Unbelievable. 46-year-old Randolph Aguirre and his daughter, and notice this, 30-year-old Desiree, hmm, only 16 years difference in their ages. Eh, there you go. Not, nothing like impregnating people when you're a 16-year-old. Yeah, right. And then creating another criminal. <laughs> yeah, she's following a dad's footsteps. Because that's all she has seen in her life. All she has seen is dad doing terrible things to people and stealing from people and going in and out of prison. And all his friends and accomplices doing the same thing. This is all they know. And they also apparently probably have a cre- crazy gene. It's getting passed from one generation to the next. Yeah, I don't know but, where they're from, but they probably went to Newport Beach thinking they could find somebody they could knock over. They took the guy's shoes, too. They left the scene with his shoes and his watch. Uh, I guess the shoes were nice and expensive looking. The, I don't know. The dad is from Brea. Brea. All right. So they came trolling down there thinking maybe we can find somebody wealthy to, to rob, is my guess. Yeah. Uh, uh, you're right. The man is from Brea. Yeah. Just released from prison. Fresh out. Hooks up well, with his daughter. Again, Let's go rob somebody. Again. The and per- I, for good measure, I'll stab him. See, the per again, pro- from one of the laws that have been passed by the legislature, this guy gets out free. It helps. It, well, it led to a murder, further terror, further degrading of life. All these laws that have been passed now for what? It's probably 12 years now. No, yeah. This, this is what you're going to get more and more and more of this. You're this is this is going on every day because the public has allowed insane people to completely rewrite all the law, all the laws regarding criminals and violence. Everything's rewritten. Seven weeks before he stabbed this guy to death, he was released from a yes. state prison. That, and I'll bet you they used, I don't know, which one of the propositions to say, oh, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, yeah he can go. One He's going to be a good citizen. One of those safe neighborhood acts. Wow. This is on purpose by the progressive movement to destroy prisons, destroy police departments, destroy our sense of safety and peace, our way of life. And this project has been in the works for decades, and it's reached fruition. And they have cheerleaders in every single public corner, in politics and in the media, universities, celebrities. They're all singing from the same hymnal to make it seem like you're crazy. And don't forget that part that's important. Three Strikes was designed to put these guys away for good. And that has just been chipped and gnawed away at over the years. So that doesn't happen anymore. Just like when they tell us about LWAP. Oh, don't worry. They're going to get life in prison without parole. That that one they're getting rid of too. They're they're like Hamas. 
They just lie all the time. They've got all kinds of cover stories, all kinds of excuses. They always get you derailed, arguing some side issue. What they want to do is destroy the criminal justice system. They want to destroy uh, uh, America and our way of life. All right, when we return, our guest will be a man by the name of Chris Wisner. Uh, he is a resident up there in Malibu, and he and others are going to go to the a Malibu City Council meeting tonight to say it's time to do something after four young women were mowed down and killed on Pacific Coast Highway. A very deadly stretch there. John and Ken, KFI AM 640, live everywhere, iHeartRadio app. And we have Sandy Wells live in the KFI 24-hour newsroom. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's Reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.